0: No ketchup, no ketchup. No ketchup, no ketchup.
1: What's really good, my people? Welcome in to No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago. Bears Week 10 recap. They fall at home 19-13 to the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears got me yesterday, boys. I was looking forward to the game. I had a great day. Great Monday. Kicked off the week perfectly. Got got everything I need to get done. Ran some errands. Did, did a bunch of stuff. And I, and I got home and I was like, I'm not going to... I'm just gonna watch the game, see what happens. A lot of question marks with layers are now calling the plays, but we'll see what happens. Maybe we can get a win. Maybe we won't. but it won't matter because we're a very mediocre football team, and a win here or a loss here isn't gonna change anything. by about seven fifteen, I bet the game money line. I was fully invested and was locked and loaded. and of course, the boys let me down. Let's get straight to it. I didn't cut any clips. I didn't, I didn't go get any highlights. I didn't do any of that. I don't want to hear from Nagy. I don't want to hear from any players. I don't want to hear from Eddie Jackson about people holding their head. I don't want to hear about any of that. I don't want to see any of the clips from last night. Only person that gets a salute from me is Cordero Patterson because. He's a running back, a feature back now, and he's not. So, and he had a kick return for a touchdown yesterday. We get two turnovers on D. We get a special teams touchdown, and we're nowhere close to winning the game. I guess we were close. Anthony Miller catches. He gets a better ball over the middle on that play. Um, we we get six, and it's 2019. But the worst game I've seen from Nick Foles in his entire life, without a doubt being a bear. And I'm extremely frustrated because we're in, we're in a terrible situation. We're five and five. Now we've lost four straight. When, when we easily could have one win and I would be a lot happier about the situation that we're in, but now we're five and five. We need to fire the GM. We need to fire the coach. We, uh, we could be set up to be a one or two, three win max team at the end of the year with a, a very high draft pick and a new slate of GM and coach. And now we're probably going to end the season with five or six, probably maybe sneaking another win, seven wins. And now we're in the middle of the pack and in no man's land where you don't want to be. I'm going to start with you, Big Nick the Quick. How you feeling after the game? 19-13? Um, Vikings win. We got Kirk Cousins' first W. You saw how hyped he was. All right, Mike's – Nick's mic is off. <laughs> but, Eli, I'll move to you. I'll let uh – I'm let ready. E- I'm ready. Okay, you good now?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, a couple things. Not only um did you bet the game – you then called me and convinced me <laughs> to break my number one rule. Like of all my gambling rules, the number one one is never bet on the Chicago Bears or any contest they're involved in for anything. I, I wouldn't bet on the fucking coin toss on a Bears game, but this guy called me super confident. I sat on it a couple minutes. It was what, like plus 205 when I finally took it. I was like, eh, yeah, why not? Um, another thing, you said the game was close. The game was not close. It was close in score, but again, we we, we know the story with this team. You can't tell me that while you were watching that game, you felt at any point in time when it was 19-13, when it was 13-13, when it was 13-10, whatever the situation was that we were going to score. Like It's just it's not possible. I called you yesterday after the game, and I asked you the simple question, like forget all the analysis, forget the play calling, forget all that. Very simply put, why can't we score touchdowns? That's it. Not even touchdowns, plural, touchdown. Why can't we score touchdowns? There were two opportunities for us um, to score touchdowns. Twice we got in the red zone in the first half, and all we had to do was just convert one of those to a touchdown, and we would have won that game. Every single element that we talked about yesterday, every single ingredient that we talk about needs to go in to this Bears stew in order for us to get a win because our offense is so bad was there. Good defensive play. Forced turnovers. Excellent special teams play touchdowns outside of offense. Offensive line held up for 15 minutes of the game, right? Enough in the first quarter for you to do something, right? It completely fell apart by the second half because um, at that point, the Vikings were like, yo, we're just going to tee off on these guys. And I think that they were honestly sending 11 by the end of the game because why not? You know, Foles was no threat, but you could not convert. You could not score a touchdown. You could not score one touchdown in the spots where you needed it most. You could not score touchdowns off of these short fields. You really can't do anything more for the Bears offense outside of scoring the touchdowns your damn self than what (laughs) they did for them yesterday. Seriously, like you're given short fields. You're putting in positions. The play calling wasn't terrible for, again, for 15 minutes, right? For 15 minutes, the coaching staff and the offensive line gave you an opportunity to win that game, and that was all in the first quarter. And you blew it
1: because Nick Foles,
0: Nick Foles was terrible. I don't care. Don't give me numbers. Don't give me any of that. He was terrible. He overthrew at least five receivers yesterday and two to three of them were touchdowns. He missed Mooney to quote Tariq Cohen. He was butt naked in the end zone. (laughs) He missed him. He missed him. And then he missed Jimmy Graham with who's who decided to go to. He was locking in on receivers. He's a fucking statue. He cannot move. On that second and four, when there was daylight in front of him, he literally ran an eight two forty and fell down. You just have nothing, man. You have absolutely nothing. Then poor Tyler Bray has to go. God, God bless him. Has to go in there at the end of that game, and it's just like, and he makes what the the, the, the fucking biggest play of the half.
1: Yeah, that's the as far as, the as as far as yardage play, yeah. goes.
0: On his first play, we have the most productive play of the entire second half of the ballgame. So there's no real way that you can look at this other than say, we just can't score touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns to win in this league. I'm watching Daniel Jones score touchdowns. I'm watching Alex Smith score touchdowns. I'm watching whoever the fuck the Cowboys decide to put under center on Sunday. It could be you next week, Sean, score touchdowns. This team cannot score touchdowns. You just cannot score touchdowns. In the press conference, all you should ask Matt Nagy is, hey, Matt, why can't you score touchdowns? If he gives you a five-minute answer, no, 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 Matt, we asked, why can't you score touchdowns? Touchdowns, where are they? Don't Donde esta the fucking touchdown? That's <laughs> what you should ask. Me. That's all you need to ask. I don't want to hear anything about play calling. I don't want to hear anything about scheme. I don't want to hear anything about the game plan. Matt, why can't we score touchdowns? I just want to know what is so difficult about scoring touchdowns when they are served up on a platter to you because that's all you need to do last week, and that's all you need to do this week. One touchdown last week would have got it done. One touchdown this week would have got it done, and we're talking about a 7-3 and three ball club.
1: Yeah, I think before I pass it to you, Eli, yeah, I think you're dead on quick. I think, uh, I mean, the the if you were worried about Foles' numbers, they back up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. but a terrible performance. He was 15 of 26, 106 in an interception. I think uh, really quick, once they figured out that they could blitz Foles and he would be completely in not know what to do with the Rock, they just sent, like you said, they just sent 11, and it was a wrap from there. Because like you said, early in the game, there there was a lot of opportunities to make some plays, and he missed every single one. Every one of them. Eli, how you feeling?
2: Uh, I mean, it feels like we're talking about the same thing every single week. It, it doesn't matter who the play caller is the talent on the field that Ryan Pace has put out there is just not good enough. They don't have an offensive line. Like you said, Nick, they held up for 15 minutes, but over the course of the game, they got worn down. They don't have any playmaking receivers outside of Robinson. Like Miller gets open, but he can't catch it. There's guys running in the same place at the same time. Like what kind of offensive system is that? And the defense just got tired at the end. Without Hicks, they, they just wore down in the fourth quarter. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. They were on the field for most of the game because the offense kept going three and out. So it's just the same thing every single week. They seem to get worse, it seems like. They can't find a running back besides Patterson. I don't know who, what happened to Lamar Miller, why he is not a factor. But if he hasn't been a factor at this point, there's, there's no chance that he will be moving forward. Meanwhile, you have other teams... Seattle found a guy named DJ Dallas. Like, he just found him off the street, and he's running for, like, 85 yards a game. The Bears can't do that. Like, it just makes no sense how the talent acquisition works with this team. It, it, like you said, it, Sean, it, if they score one touchdown, that's like the game. They, the, the Vikings were horrible. Kirk Cousins wasn't very good. Their, their long snapper rolled a ball to the holder. Like, what is happening over there? And meanwhile, the Bears can't put together an offensive drive. It just drives you nuts. It, it, was, it was straight out of the Kyle Orton years to me. It was a very Lovey Smith, Kyle whoa, Orton. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> wait! Wait! And he doesn't know.
1: He doesn't know. Eli, Eli, you don't
0: know. Never, 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 never dis- never disrespect the God on the. I mean, oh, he's a
2: legend. He's never, a
0: legend. <laughs> that would have never happened under Kyle Orton. We would have 100 got a <laughs> W. He would have gotten us. He would have went 13 for 25, 180 yards, and he would have got a touchdown. It just what was we very, saw yesterday. It was, it was
2: very 2005. I'll put it that way.
0: I don't even know if I have a year to put on that. This is that this it's getting to your point. He's getting it's getting worse every week. And we have watched inept offensive football our entire lives for 30 plus years. I don't know if I've ever seen anything of this level. They cannot do anything. I was talking to my dad about it yesterday and he was like, look, yeah, we've always sucked. But at least we've always had some running running back that can get us yards. Yeah, we don't even have that. Like, we don't even have that. So I don't, you know, I, I, it, it's on the players. This one is, for me, is way more on the players, way more on the talent on the field than it was on the coaching staff. Coaching staff didn't necessarily help in the second quarter, and the second half, but this one is really on the talent on the field. Like, I hate to use this word, execution, because we said that's a coach's excuse, but it really came down to execution. Down to the last play where Foles could have hit Miller on that, and that would have been a touchdown, and we would have won the fucking game. They were begging for us to score a touchdown. Kirk Cousins, awful this week. Ryan Tannehill, awful last week. Drew Brees, non-existent arm. Jared Goff, bum. These are the quarterbacks that we have lost to in the last four weeks. We're not losing to the good quarterbacks. In two weeks, we got a good quarterback in his building.
1: I don't know what game. I don't know why you guys keep saying that Kirk had a really bad game. I don't I didn't see that at all. I, I don't know what I don't know what game you guys were watching, but the only turnover he had. Was a ball that should have been caught by Thielen and was and was bumped up in the air by Mac. He was twenty five of thirty six for two ninety two and two touchdowns outside yeah, of it that. Yeah, was fun. It's no, not like I mean, He killed he us a,
2: though. He played a good game. They were was, the, the Vikings. Win- were the the, Vikings were, on the, the Vikings were on the field for thirty five minutes. Like yeah.
1: no, no doubt about that. But he he didn't. He wasn't out there. No, he wasn't. He wasn't up. Level. Yeah, he wasn't, exactly. so, yeah. like, yeah,
0: wasn't Kirking but he was beatable. That's so, our point. Is he was listen. beatable? All these quarterbacks were beatable when we played them. We didn't. We didn't go up against somebody who was all world and just kicking our ass on the right. field, and we had no chance. Well, Kirk Cousins was beatable. Well, we our, gave well, him a chance to give him to get those numbers.
1: Our, our defense, without a doubt, is yeah. No, no one's going to do that to us. But dog, we need all we need to do is score one offensive touchdown a one week, touchdown. and we literally have a really good chance to win the game. And we can't. We we just can't do it. Um, I'll say this. I know it's been a discussion in previous years, and I, I I guess for some Bears fans that are super locked, we've actually we've had this conversation before, like you guys, but Akeem Hicks is by far the most important player on the defense. It's not it, it, and if if last year him getting injured and what happened to the d wasn't proof of that. literally, the first play that he was not on the field, you could tell that we were. In trouble especially on the run game like I mean I think I don't think Dalvin Cook picked up more than four or five yards I think his long run was like five yards and the first play Akeem Hicks went out I think he picked up like seven or eight and I was like oh man here we go like and and we were talking about it in the group it's like man with no Akeem Hicks this this game might be over already because they're going to be able to do more things on the ground than they could before
2: you really noticed that loss of Eddie Goldman also when yeah. Hicks is out, because they don't have that like bruising space eater. Jenkins is how hurt also. Like the the defensive line is beat up and, and they're still playing really well. But yeah, once Hicks went out, they were they were getting some yards on the ground and that really hurt the Bears, obviously. Um but yeah, no, Hicks is his very important. But I thought Greasy made a good point. Where is Robert Quinn? Like what just about to say that, yeah. What he was he's supposed to be the pass rusher. And run stopper that is on the opposite side of Floyd that's causing mismatches. They're going to double team Hicks. They're going to double Matt, team, yeah. or sorry, Mac. Matt, yeah. yeah. They're going to double team Mac and Hicks. Letter
0: Floyd is somewhere else producing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're going to leave Quinn one on one. Yeah. He
0: had a good week. Quinn. Seven sacks.
2: Yeah. Quinn is just a no show. They're, they're putting Barkevius Mingo out there in important plays instead of him. Like, yeah. This is just another L in the Ryan Pace standings where, where is his guy?
1: Somebody told me uh, Robert Quinn and Otto Porter are our best friends. That's what somebody told me that <laughs> yesterday.
0: Probably, man. Ski Scheme- <laughs> S- Mask Incorporated. You know what I mean? Yeah, they said and-
1: they go to the bank together.
0: Yeah, Ski Mask Incorporated. 100%, <laughs> man. That's, a- that's on pace. Not signing a backup running back on pace. We had the Nick- one. The-, the Nick Foles situation on pace. Yo, listen, and the, like, off- listen, the-, listen. the offensive line. They offensive didn't do line. anything. They were like, Defense. we'll change coaches. That's Defensive it. Defensive tackles turned into right tackles.
1: Listen, all sinners turned into guards. All you need to know for so you say we didn't have a backup running back on the roster. We had Mike Davis on the roster. We no, had not, him not on the team of last year. Listen, we we had him on the team. We saw him and let him go. Like that's how we're evaluating talent. Like he'd be by far our best back on the team. They didn't With, need no, they didn't. without without question he would be the best back on the team. Now. Uh, CP84 is running feature back, so like, it's dude, it's it's time to go, bro. There's the the Robert Quinn is in the first year of a seventy five year seventy million dollar deal.
0: Oh really? The- That's
1: what they gave him? Yes. No, I thought Robert Quinn was on a one year deal. No. no, I
2: think it's longer than that. Yeah. Oh, what? really?
1: Yeah, he signed. Yeah, he signed like a five-year deal. I Why did I think Unless, he
2: was? Why did I think he was
0: a one-year contract guy? I didn't think that. I. You might. No, you might, you know, you might be one hundred percent right. If it's five years, seventy million. Yeah,
1: double. But, look that up for me. I'll oh, this five, five
0: years, seventy million. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Thirty guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we're in. The, we're in the long haul on this no, one. Five years. Weird. You can't get out after three. You can't get out before three on a five-year deal.
1: Five years, seventy million. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. You made me question myself. You were. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I man, really no. thought he
0: was a one-year deal guy. That's absolutely insane. Dog, wow, he, you gave this guy seventy million dollars. Unreal. Is, you could have signed six offensive linemen.
1: Year one of Can a he seventy. Block? Year one of a seventy million dollar deal, and he is nowhere to be found. Makes absolutely no impact plays whatsoever. He's a zero, a dud, and getting replaced by
0: mingo
1: dude. the mistakes are the the mistakes for the for pacing gang are, are so piled up now that it's just time to wipe it out clean it out bro and that's what i was saying in the intro is it's a really frustrating spot to be in because there's nothing like and making a place very enticing to come when everybody's cleared out and you have like a top three pick like Eric enemy Like, where else would you want to go, bro? There's no GM. Well, like we we'll, we can collab on the GM. We'll go get a GM. We'll we'll bring in Bienemy. And you have a top three pick to kind of get your stuff rolling. And by the way, the defense is solid already. Like come in here, get the offense rolling, oil it up. Go get a young quarterback. Man, go get an not, impact. No, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, would. Why wouldn't you? No, no, don't do that. Eric, Why? the enemy come to the Bears? Yeah. Why wouldn't you come to the Bears next because, year?
0: Because Dallas is going to – if they fire Mike McCarthy, which I don't know if Jer- – realistic, does- I don't know if Jerry come Jones on, would hire a black coach, he's- but if he would, are you serious? If you're him, I take me to the Cowboys. First I have a quarterback. All, first of all. Why would any – wait, 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 Why would any coach, right? Because assuming you're going to hire an offensive coach, Right. Why would any coach? You have wanna, to
1: hire an offensive coach in the yeah, NFL okay. in 2020. So period. why
0: would any? So why would any coach come here? You have no offensive You've line, like you just said, like what you what you just said. We're going to have a middle of the road draft pick, so you don't have any guarantees on a quarterback. <laughs> you have to rebuild the entire offensive line. You have you, to literally. You, you you cannot do. You have no running backs.
1: You weren't listening. Why to would what you, you want to come were, You weren't listening to what I was saying because I was explaining how frustrating the situation is because we're we gonna have a minute in, yeah, okay. yeah, in the hypothetical yeah. because we don't have because we should be we we should be two and eight
2: right well like and we like, talked about last week work the, the team is cash strapped like if they re-sign robinson next year they put an extension on fuller like there's not much room to then go out and rehaul the offensive line find a new quarterback find a backup running back like they don't have moves to make with the current roster that they have because they've invested so much in guys that are on the decline like moving forward like it, it's just bad planning is they the thought they're th-
0: guaranteed next year too
2: yeah th- they thought their championship window was right now and look what what look what the product is on the field this is the championship window
1: yeah so it's it's true but this,
2: this listen, is going to
0: be one of the most unattractive
1: jobs on the market
2: next year that's other no, than the fact that it's the Chicago bears
1: that, yeah that's and that's a big enough factor
2: by the and way and maybe the jets that's a big enough factor. The Jets right have there. extra first-round picks, at least. And, like, the number – they're going to have yeah. Trevor Lawrence.
0: Well, wait. Uh, uh, so, wait. In this current situation, though, and maybe I'm still misunderstanding you, you think that there's something attractive about taking the Bears' job?
1: No, I was hypothetically saying how frustrating we're in because we should be 2-8 and, and we would have an opportunity to clear house. Yeah. And have no an open GM slot, open coaching, and a top three pick. But, but as, now, it as, as it currently, as it currently
0: stands, this is one of the most unattractive jobs that's gonna be on the market next year.
1: I'm never gonna call the Chicago Bears head coaching job the one of the most unattractive jobs on the market. Sure. Okay, just, take away, take away the franchise,
0: true. take away the market, and let's just look yeah. at the, look at what's there.
1: Yeah, take away the, the logo and the city and yeah, no, I'm not.
0: yeah. That logo and city that's produced you one Super Bowl in the era, in the Super Bowl era. What do you mean? Let, let's stop. Let's stop Touch. with this Monsters of the Midway bullshit. Listen. Let's stop with all that. Guys want to go where they can win. They're winning Super Bowls out in Kansas fucking city. Who cares where you where you coach? Who cares what franchise you coach for? You want to go where there's winners. There's Houston is going to be available. There's a young quarterback over there. If you're a top coordinator, you're not going to be like, man, you know what? Eh, I don't want to go coach Deshaun Watson because I want to fucking put on the blue and orange. Come on, man. Get out of here not, with that.
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're a, we're a lot of attractive job than three quarters of the league not
0: if you have not if they have a quarterback
1: well i mean how many angles are you going to put in your direction to say it's not an attractive fucking job (laughs) it's not an attractive job at all what is attractive about coming in and coaching this team if if you if you if you if you you were starting if you were going to get a job and and you had say the titans the jets all these other teams had the same pick as the bears you would go to chicago and take the pick we're we're overall more would, attractive franchise than three quarters of the league. I would look That's because what of what
0: because we're the Bears. That's it. That's your only reason on that right now is because we're the Chicago Bears.
1: What's the question? Are you saying that? Are you? I'm saying trying to right, figure out right what now, about the Bears' we, job
0: is. I'm trying to figure out what about this Bears' job is going to be attractive to a top candidate in the off season. other than it being the, the mystique of the Chicago Bears. Is that is that what you're telling me?
1: I'm saying. Bro, first of all, you completely bent up what I was saying. In the beginning, I was I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you're you're not listening. That's why. Because – I'm very clearly saying – I'm asking you, what is attractive
0: about taking this job in the offseason? Just answer the question.
1: at, At the current stake, if we go seven and nine, nothing.
0: That's my point. So yeah, that's what
1: but we were we were arguing two different things. Yeah, that's but we
0: moved it. off that and I just said forget all the hypotheticals. Just literally, what is attractive about this job when we look at the top coaching candidates going into the offseason, right? Compared to what other jobs might be open around the NFL, assuming that we're going to replace our head coach and GM. If you were a prospective head coach or GM, what would be attractive about this
2: job other than the fact that it's the Chicago Bears? The pitch would be all you have to do is fix the offense to make them decent. And you can make a run at the playoffs, because the defense is already set. If you can fix the offense just a little bit, you have a chance. Now, as we've talked about for thirty years, coaches have been coming in and trying to fix the offense, and it's never worked. So I don't know how attractive that is, but it's not like a major overhaul where like the Texans have one good player on the roster, like the and bears at least and he's a, and he's a quarterback. Right, but the Bears at least have some building blocks besides that. They just need to fix that one area. It just happens to be the most important area to fix
1: Let me let me, let me ask you guys this. Because this is kind of where I'm starting to lean. And I'll start with you, Eli. So hopefully at the end of this year, we we fire pace, we fire Nagy, we completely clean house and, and re up. Would you lean towards shipping some of these defensive pieces out to load up on draft picks to then rebuild it all all together, rebuild, rebuild the offense, defense and let the coaching staff just do it all in one swoop or would you try to keep as much cuz like you said, we are cash strapped and that money's not going away unless we unstrap it and move some of these guys and get rid of them, right? Would you lean on trying to keep the D intact and then just completely rebuilding the offense or would but because I don't know how you do that without draft picks, right and how do you get draft picks by moving some of these guys on d uh what what are your thoughts on that
2: i just don't I just don't know what the market would be for some like who's going to be trading high draft picks for akeem Hicks or Danny Trevathan or someone like that? Younger players like Roquan and Eddie Jackson, you in theory want to build around they're they're still in their prime, so they're they're not you're not going to get fair value for that. I, I think they're going to they're gonna look, but to be honest, I don't see George McCaskey firing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I think it would be – maybe Pace would be on the hot seat, but I don't I don't think they're going to get rid of Nagy if they go 7-9. and nine. I just don't see George McCaskey doing that. They're too loyal. He has a contract. They're not going to pay two coaches at the same time. They already did that with Fox when that situation was untenable. They brought in Nagy. I don't see them trying that again unless – Things really are disastrous this last after the bye week and in the second half of the season.
1: But then don't you look at your GM like, yo, bro, I can't be, I can't fucking, I can't keep paying these coaches. You got to stop picking these. Right. Like that's what I'm, yeah, that's like the biggest thing. They should be,
2: they should be tied together, but they're not. Like, right. They're going to bring in then a GM who has to then fit with Nagy as a coach, which is a disaster waiting to happen. But I just don't see them firing both guys, hiring replacements, paying for all that. They really like Ryan Pace. They really like Matt Nagy. I have no clue <laughs> why, but that's just the way that it is with George McCaskey and, the, and that family. Big Nick.
0: If you so you fire your G, you fire Ryan Pace, and you bring in a new GM. He's pretty much just sitting around waiting until the moment that he can fire Matt Nagy. Right. That, that's how that always works, right? right? Unless they have a great first year together, the, the first sign of trouble, he's firing Matt Nagy because you got to blame somebody. Number one. Number two, to answer your original question as far as trading whether defensive players, I already told you a couple weeks ago, um, Khalil Mack. Move well, him. It, it, move him. I, I don't understand. You're not – unless you have something crazy happen in the offseason and you're able to acquire a quarterback and some of offensive linemen, he, he's your most valuable trade asset on the team. Uh, Keem Hicks is, like, what, like 31, 32 years old, and he's perpetually hurt now at this point. Um <clears throat> Khalil Mack's your most attractive asset. To Eli's point, you don't want to move on from Roquan Smith. You don't want to move on from Eddie Jackson. Those guys are young and they're in their prime. If you're competitive three to four years from now, those guys will still be really good, especially Roquan. Uh, Roquan is now entering that premier middle linebacker uh, in the NFL. I think he, he's one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. He's still young, still on a rookie deal. So there's no real reason to move on from him. But, yeah, I think you, you look at trading Khalil Mack. You have to. Because you lost all those picks in acquiring Khalil Mack and acquiring Mitchell Trubisky, your young pipeline, they're all playing. You don't have yeah. some guys in the back waiting to play. You don't have some guys that you're developing. They're all on the field. You draft Jalon Johnson to play today, right? These guys are all out there. So it's not like you have a whole bunch of death behind these guys and a whole bunch of young guys that you're ready to uh, ready to bring up. So yeah, you gotta you gotta replenish the replenish the cabinet. You gotta get some draft picks. You gotta bring young guys in there. You have to draft offensive linemen. If you don't have the money to pay offensive linemen, and we see what these left tackles are going for now, $100 million, you don't have that. You have to get draft picks, and you have to start drafting these offensive linemen, these defensive linemen for depth, Um, and, yeah, rebuild from there. And if Khalil Mack's going to get you that, if he's going to get you a couple picks, yeah, that's the philosophy that you need to have.
1: Yeah, I think Jalon Johnson, Mm -hmm. Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, um, Roquan Smith, are the ones you keep at literally every other player on the D can move. Yep, that's your core. Why don't you think with that? I think we could get some value for Akeem Hicks for someone that's trying to make some shit happen in a year. You probably could. Yeah, you know what I mean,
2: yeah. yeah, not not like a first round pick though. Like you're getting like a fourth or fifth. But you at this but point, go, at this, right? That's a that's a solid player, but. Yeah. You need to draft a plethora of offensive
0: linemen. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You need to look at drafting a plethora of offensive linemen because none of these guys are it. None of these guys are it. Not a single one of them. I I know people, oh, James Daniels when he's healthy, Cody Whitehead. None of these guys are it. You need to draft offensive linemen and pretty much hold open competition all
2: summer for finding your five best guys. But what if there's a local kid that went to Notre Dame? Should we take him, though? Yeah, we probably will find one. Yeah, like hey, that. if he if James he James McLaughlin or something like hey, that. Hey, if he
1: looks like Quentin Nelson, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking,
0: <laughs> yeah, bring him on top bring of the him over. top of the board. Yeah,
1: if he looks like Quentin Nelson, bring him over. Yeah, because I think no who's one wants last to...
0: high offensive lineman we drafted. I mean, white hair was a second round pick. Yeah,
1: okay. And I, Nick, I think you're dead on. And no one, I know it's very hard for people to talk about that, but we try to keep it 100 here on no catch up. But yeah, man, I think. We're not getting anything from Mac with him just being buried on this team just
2: go just being try really to good
1: yeah and just yeah and just being good and us giving up 16, 17 points a game just go go try to recoup some of the it's so tough because if you're the team that gets the call from Chicago, your leverage you're just putting their feet in the fire like I'll give you a three. Like a, like, comeback, a conditional yeah, seventh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that's the real tough part where it's like, man, they're not gonna try to give you anything for it. Um, but, but that's your
0: reality, you know what I mean? But, that's that's yeah. where you are. So, at this point, you got to make the best of it because it's only going to get worse. You will know, the longer you wait, the more and more leverage those other teams get,
1: yeah. No doubt, Eli. So, I mean, I've, obviously, over the years, we've heard tons about the McCaskies and what they will or won't do. Um, there is absolutely no way I will turn on a Bears game next year if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are st- are still around. I I just why? Why would I? It's so. Fr- it's just because they and, know and, you
0: will. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I told you this. I told you this about the Bulls. I told you this about the Bulls. I boycotted these, the Bulls. These franchises watch the fan base watch a baseball team not win a World Series for 110 years and stay loyal. There, there there's no pressure they're gonna have their fans regardless it's the city of chicago man we, we, the we, bears we, we have put like around a, and wait for this all day
2: the bears have like a 15 year waiting list for season tickets and they built the smallest stadium in the country like soldier field fits the fewest fans of any nfl stadium and we came and host the super bowl we can't host anything it's out of it was out of date the moment that it opened and meanwhile <laughs> people are still lining up to go see bears games the McCaskies they run it like a mom and pop business because literally this is how they made their money. They were not, they're not Jerry Jones who made their money in oil and decided to buy a football team. No, the family business for the McCaskies is football, is Chicago Bears football. So they're going to treat it. They're going to look at every decision from dollars and cents and say, how does this help us as a family? They're not going to cut checks because they, oh, this might help the team down the road. Ryan Pace convinced them to redo Hallis Hall and make make it this modern practice facility. That cost them a lot of money. They're not then just going to wipe him out just because the, the team had one bad year. That's a strong point.
0: They're not as cash rich as a lot of these owners are. Their business is the Chicago Bears, and their money is all in the team.
1: They're yeah, not. They're not. They're not sitting around
0: from all these other ventures sitting on
1: <laughs> right. dog, crazy cash
0: assets like that.
1: You're cash rich when the team is worth three billion dollars.
0: Sure, but all your cash I, comes from taking out of the team. You don't have some other business. Like right. I said, you're not Jerry Jones. Yeah, you're not I, Arthur Blank. You don't own Home Depot.
1: You, dude, when people start defending owners and all that, and, oh, and I, I'm, I can't stand it. I'm not
0: defending. It. Not defending. It's no. just the facts.
1: Well, no, yeah. it is, but it is the facts. But we need to tell them, like, Yo, look, this is what it is, man. <clears throat> For, I, and and I'm no businessman in the slightest sense, and I and I'll say that. So I, and and I understand what you're saying with the McCaskies. That's where they make their money, and every time they cut a check, it's coming out of their family account, essentially. Not it's not a play account with the team, right? But can you imagine building a perennial winner here? You want to talk about unlimited, oh unlimited fucking money? You want to talk about unlimited money? Make make the Bears really, really good all the time it's a uh, beyond a cash cow I don't even know I, I don't even know how to explain how much money you'd be bringing in so why wouldn't you want to make the team good they're already bringing in money what do the, you mean they're already the the, you just said the franchise is worth a ton of money you don't I, you don't you don't think br- making the team good would bring in way more money I, I don't where where
0: Yeah, playoff money, things like that, What are you talking about? They're they're not some poor franchise that's like, oh my God, we need to build a winner so we can start making money with the Chicago Bears. It's the Chicago Bears. You just talked about it.
1: your your, your, Your whole argument was that they don't need to make a winner because they're making money anyway. But what I'm saying is that if they created a culture of winning consistently... And being a problem consistently for decades at a time, like we've seen guys in our but division like, do, then we then they'd be making real money hand over fists, but they don't want to make the investment or do what they have to do to do that. That's the issue.
2: It's what Tom Ricketts did with the Cubs, which is it it costs money to make money. Like you have to invest up front exactly. in order to make the money. Jerry Reinsdorf, on the yeah. other hand, with the Bulls. He just sits there. He he rests on his laurels. He knows that the team will sell tickets because they're the Chicago Bulls. People want to go see the game where MJ used to play, and that's that. He he doesn't need to invest extra money for that. It, it sells itself. The Bears feel the same way. They it sell the product sells itself. They don't have to. Why would they go hand over fist overboard? They're paying Khalil Mack. That he's one of the highest paid players in the NFL. That that's an investment. But they're not going to go above and beyond because they already know that. Soldier Field, once fans are allowed back in, will sell out every single game for the rest of time because there's only fifty three thousand seats in that place, and there's three million people in the Chicagoland area that want to go to Bears games.
0: And they charge you a hundred dollars a tailgate, <laughs> and they're getting that every week too. Yeah, they're making. They don't money even back.
2: own the stadium. The park, yeah, is, park They're sister. like, yeah, the Park doesn't even
0: fix the stadium. It is a right. known thing. So I forget who tweeted this the other day, but someone's like, the Bears will never have a good offense because Soldier Field's field is where speed goes to die. The field is terrible. How long have we oh, been talking about how bad the Park District field is? Every Before every game, you see coaches walking around looking at the field. It's terrible. It's hard. Remember when we had a concert three days before opening day a couple of years ago? Completely destroyed the field, man. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they don't give a fuck. The yeah, money's there, bro. They're fine, man.
2: But the, I don't Cowboy- the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Giants, the Packers, those teams build their own stadiums and raking they buy the real estate basically and charge money to to go there the bears no we'll just take from the park district we'll just chill out here like it's it's a small family business that happens to be a football team it's not a hardware store it's not a liquor store it's whatever it's a construction company nope it's a football team but it's the mom and pop business just like it's always been for a hundred years
1: yeah i mean we've heard it over the years like we're not going to do shit till we change Change ownership, but that's that never will happen. never
0: happened. <laughs> so, NFL will never let that team leave the Hallis family, and the Hallis family will never get that up, give that up, McCaskey, whatever you want to call it.
1: We need a young whippersnapper, <laughs> a young a young boy that actually loves loves ball. We need some people to die, or game.
0: or we could just score some fucking touchdowns and be seven and three. Yeah. Two touchdowns gets it done. I I two one last week. One yesterday. Eli.
1: Eli saying "I I can't even fathom them running pace out, and him. I,
2: <sighs> you can't let Pace pick the next quarterback.
1: His track record. Bro, you can't, is bro, so you so can't bad. let you can't let Pace do shit. <laughs> he can't make any more decisions for. I mean, quarterback he, especially. You can he let can't him. Can't make any more decisions. Period. You can let
0: him pick guys after the third round. He does a good job with that.
1: Yeah." Well, I mean...
0: Defensive players after the third round.
1: I just... <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't... So, j- just so I'm clear, Eli, you think that without question at least one will be back, Nagy or Pace.
2: Yeah. I don't think they're getting rid of everybody. And unless unless they lose out and they, they end the season on like a 10-game losing streak and all that stuff. If they beat the Lions or the Jaguars or the Texans, these crap teams that they play in December... I think one of them, at least one of them will be back. That's my, that's not what I want. That's just what I think. I think Nagy's back.
0: Unless they go five and 11, I think Nagy's back. I don't see a situation in which they fire Matt Nagy. I think that they're going to blame somebody. It's going to be Ryan Pace because there's, there's, it's really hard to justify bringing right. You got to look at who is it easier to justify bringing back. If they are going to bring one back, it is way easier to point to Matt Nagy's body of work than Ryan Pace's. Ryan Pace's misses are so high profile. And so big and so franchise crippling that if you want to blame somebody and you want to placate the fans at some level, it's easy to fire Ryan Pace. But Matt Nagy was a coach of the year two years ago. He's going to be in above five hundred. They could lose every game this year. He's still going to be well above five hundred as a head coach. Um, yeah, I think he comes back. I think they like
2: Nagy. And this is unpopular, but to Nagy's credit, they're still playing hard. Like this has been a very difficult year, as they talked about with the COVID stuff and getting people to focus. And they're they're in every game. Like you have to hand them. I mean. They should be winning these games, obviously, but they're at least trying. There, there's some teams that have quit already. So. Does he
1: get credit for the defensive effort? I mean,
2: he prepares the team. I mean, he keeps them he ready. Got, yeah, you
1: think he prepares the defense? You, I do don't you, think he's teaching he, X's
2: and O's. But
1: if Jimmy, if Jimmy Graham doesn't even know that lasers calling plays, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Nagy doesn't say a word to the defense about anything. So I don't. I don't. I, I get what you're saying, Eli, and I and they are playing hard and they are trying to make things happen, but I'm I don't know if I'm I'm willing to give him any credit for the D playing hard because Hicks and, and Mac and those guys are gonna make sure people are
2: playing hard. So you um, think if they beat the Jaguars and the Texans and they finish seven and nine, you think they still will get rid of everybody?
1: I mean, I guess it's wishful thinking, but I, I, I think I know deep down if they win every game out they need to get rid of everybody <laughs> you know what i'm saying like
0: I can't, I can't see ryan pace coming back he has to go yeah ryan pace and, has to go
1: and hey and if and if we're being honest if i'm naggy in meetings i'm like look pace man look man you see what's <laughs> going on here like i i didn't ask for this quarterback i didn't ask, like seriously behind closed doors if i'm naggy and i'm trying to keep my job it's like look let's get another gm in here to get another roster in here because as if we're being honest the guys that he gave me Weren't enough for me to get going, and let give me I mean, another that, opportunity to 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 show you what I can do. I mean, that's what I would say if I, I was him. I would throw that. Na- I would throw pace straight under the bus if i were trying to keep my job.
0: It'll be easy now because all you got to say is, "Hey, look, man, I gave up play calling duties. I I took a step back. I let someone else call the plays, and the result was the same. It's the it talent. was worse. It it's was it the was worse. Worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that he. I think that this indirectly will help him. Um, and like I said yesterday, if, if Foles – well, I guess they said that Foles isn't going to be out for a while, but if he if he does end up hurt or something like that, he can go back to Mitch, and he doesn't have to admit an error on that either because, like, hey, if Nag- or Foles got hurt, let's go back to Mitch, which is the move at this point. Like, let's let's be completely honest. We said it last week, but no doubt about it, if Mitch Trubisky's healthy, he starts against the Packers. If they trot Nick Foles out there and Mitch Trubisky's the backup – I'll really start to lose. I mean, I've already lost confidence in Nagy, but I'll be completely out. There's nothing that Nick Foles has done to show that he should be the starter. You not cannot to get, point to anything.
2: Yeah, not, not to enrage Nick again as we did last week, but if Rashad Coward <laughs> is still at right guard, then Mitch Trubisky has to be the quarterback because that combination of Rashad Coward and Nick Foles is going to kill Nick Foles. It almost did
0: yesterday. Rashad Coward, Rashad Coward should not be doing anything. He shouldn't be doing right guard commercials, let alone <laughs> playing right guard for the Chicago Bears, right tackle for the <laughs> Chicago Bears, or any other position on the field. That guy is absolutely That awful. is
2: number... I mean, Trubisky number one, but Rashad Coward is number two on Ryan Pace's, like, this is what you left me. Like, there are no offensive linemen, so we had to take a defensive end and try to play him right guard. Like, it's inexcusable. Then you absolutely. wonder why you can't run.
1: Right. <laughs> absolutely. And I, when I... <laughs> I knew we were on national TV quite a bit. I, I I didn't know we were on national TV our next game again. Oh, like, yeah. is it Sunday night? Sunday night. Like, after Thanksgiving, like, just can flex that out. Yo, do something, bro. Please help us. Like, if I'm I don't, NBC, I don't I'm like, that. I
0: want no part of this. I'm like, hey, guys, we need to you go ahead and handle this.
1: Yo, when they did the uh, – I just shook my head when they did the teddy bear thing yesterday for the Bears. They showed the the mean bear And then it's like actually the teddy bear offense, and they showed like how bad the offense has been. It's like, man, this is so embarrassing, dude. Just get us off of national TV. We literally play national TV every other week.
0: Brian Greasy was losing his mind last night. (laughs) Uh, Look how tight their formations are. He can't tell if it's a man or a zone. What
2: are you doing? Greasy is a member of the Troy Aikman Club of never wanting to see the Chicago Bears ever no, again.
0: <laughs> a- Aikman, a- if if they give Aikman the Bears again, he might <laughs> he might blow a gasket. He can't. He he was so mad. You thought he was watching a Cowboys game. He was so mad he couldn't take it. Aikman was ready to lace him up.
1: I mean, we have let's real quick before we get out of here. The rest of the schedule we have the Packers Sunday night after Thanksgiving. Then we go at home against the Lions, at home against the Texans. Then we go to Minnesota. Then we play at home against the Jags. And then we have the Packers at home. We're going to win two of those games, unfortunately. And we're going to be seven and nine. And we're going to pick 13th. <laughs> and it's never fucking ending, bro. Just just bury the season. Do you? I wish, man. I need to go back on Twitter and read all the arguments about how people were yelling and screaming at fans like us that were like, You guys are so negative. You're five and one. What's the problem? It's like, dog, we're watching the games and this team stinks. Like, simple as that. That's like like now we're five and five, and people are like, Oh, you know, maybe you guys are it's like you you guys you guys want to hear it.
0: A good stat that uh, that Patrick Manley just tweeted out just to kind of pour some more salt on the wounds. Yeah. Cordero Patterson has more kick return yards than the Bears have rushing yards.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, it's insane. <laughs> Justin Jefferson had more offensive yards yesterday than we had total yards on I mean, and by the way, he was killing Jalon Johnson yesterday. Yeah. That was a clinic. Dude is a stud. Yeah. If you uh, hey, listen. If there's any wide receivers available at LSU, go take an extra look at them because and, and different, Jaylon, ty- different type of athletes coming out of there.
0: In Jaylon's defense, uh, I mean, he was due. He's been getting picked on all year and has really held his own and done he's a good job. Well, yeah, yeah, he's played well. I mean, but if you look at, it, he's I think he's the most targeted corner in the NFL. Um, they have really been picking on him, and I think he's played extremely well. So I, he he was due and. Jefferson's such a good athlete. Yeah, he, he had no chance yesterday.
1: Yeah, he was. He had a hard time yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to get extra targets when Kyle Fuller's on the other side too. Sure. So,
0: and he's and he's played well. Yeah, he, that's an encouraging pick. I like. Again, Ryan Pace does well in these later rounds. You get him outside the third round, he, he starts doing well. But um, yeah, I don't know. What a what a fucking joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really what a, is. What a
0: joke is all you can really say about that. Well, again, one forget everything else, guys. We could have ended this podcast today by saying score one fucking touchdown and we're having a completely different conversation.
1: I no, but the, the thing is, I, I'm glad we didn't because we need to be this is the conversation that needs to be had. If like we don't need to score a touchdown, win 21-19, and be saying how maybe we could try to sneak in. Like the team needs to be completely stripped rebuilt everything. The team is trash. The coaching staff is garbage. We have a few young pieces on defense. Like we need to be stripped. It's that that's that simple as that. That's what it yeah. is. So I'm glad we haven't scored any touchdowns and I wish we didn't score any touchdowns earlier in the year. And you know what I'm saying? So we're going to win 7 games and we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. That like that's how that's how Bad of a situation we're in going into the bye. Do you think the bye does any good?
2: What or are gonna, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, it, it has to be, unless the players go out and all hang out and get COVID. But like, <laughs> it might be good they, for laser. They need, yeah, they need to reevaluate yeah. their offense. It, it helped. I thought it was smart that they changed play colors before the bye so that they at least had time to like look over what did, what went well, not very much, what went poorly, pretty much everything. Like they could figure that out moving forward, but it's not gonna you make don't a think, difference. It's not gonna make a difference when you don't have any blockers.
1: You don't think Nagy comes out of the bye and and, and re- reappears with the sheet?
2: No, but it was so funny for
0: to see him not without that B U sheet. He was so lost in what to do. Did you see him go chance?
2: There was that errant throw that went to the sidelines and Nick and Matt Nagy like ran over and like tried to catch it. Like he's like so bored.
1: Yeah. Just sitting yeah, like, there hanging out. Such a dude. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think the buy is going to be huge for Laser because it's just going to give him a chance to kind of continue to build that rapport with Foles. Obviously, they already have it because he's been there all year. But as far as him being the play caller, um, I if I'm Foles, I'm going to Laser, And I'm like, yo, the hurry up is what we need to do, right? If Matt Nagy wasn't receptive to that conversation, hopefully Bill Laser will be. But to me, it's a mute point because Mr. Biscay is going to be your starting quarterback against the Packers. I really – I can't see a situation in which – you go back to Foles when you rewatch that film, and you see how many plays were actually left out there. Fuck it, tuck and run, Mitch. Triple option, Mitch. Tommy Frazier, Mitch. Whatever you want to do, uh, <laughs> that's what you need to do.
1: Eric, Eric Tommy Crouch, Frazier. Mitch.
0: <laughs> Seneca Wallace, Mitch. Whatever it is, man. Seneca. Seneca, shout out Seneca. Antoine Wallace.
1: Randall L, Mitch.
0: Antoine Randall L, Mitch.
1: Who else? Who else? Who else can we? Bitch?
0: Oh, shoelaces, Mitch.
1: Uh, Denard Robinson, yeah, sure. Mitch.
0: Uh, we got uh, who else, man? who's some of my favorite running quarterbacks? I don't even know. Anybody oh who played you. in Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> any 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 of those guys, man. Yeah,
1: like, I mean, yeah. And, and the thing about Mitch, too, is it's like he's he's probably the most flexible guy we got. He Let him out there. Let him go do whatever. And at the end of the year, yeah. do whatever you want. That's so. what I'm saying, man.
0: They call said call Mike Shanahan me. and be like, let me get that playbook from 2015. Uh, yeah, RG3. 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 Yeah, the one that cost him his entire career. Yeah, let me get that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> probably the one one of the most underrated storylines mike dude that was Shan- criminal. you should have
0: Shan- been charged you should have got a felony for that game
1: shanahan never never caught any flack for a lot of things because he got the two chips in denver and he kind of just he did a lot of bullshit and got a lot of coaching jobs he shouldn't have done and he definitely destroyed rg3 his whole career
0: dude look at that game he was running naked bootlegs with rg3 when he clearly had a fucking torn acl he was running yeah. on one leg and sending them naked yeah, like he—that was criminal. He should have got a felony. He should class three.
2: The karma—the <laughs> the karma is that his that son has choked,
0: Houston. choked
2: away two Super Bowls. So
0: true. Yeah, so true. That true.
2: That's ghost true. Ghost
1: of RG three. The ghost of RG three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. We'll leave it there. Bears uh, at Lambeau, where we never win. Coming off of a long rest after Thanksgiving break, Sunday night football. That should be interesting. So. 5 and 5 four straight losses we'll see where we end it four Eli Cameron Big Nick the quick I'm your host Sean Little make sure you subscribe everywhere no catch up sports on V Chicago it's still bare now